What's up, everybody? My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you are tuned in to Kinda Neat. Thank you for tuning in, as always. This week on the show, we have a gal from Dallas, Texas, named Jax Hopped, who is relatively unknown, to be honest, but she got brought to me by a trusted figure, and I think she has a lot of potential. Of the few things that she does have out online, they are all impressive, and I see a bright future for her. First and foremost, forgive me for my tone right now. I'm doing this in the morning before I've had my coffee even, and I'm a... I'm like such a fucking basic bitch like oh I haven't had my coffee yet I can't function properly but like real shit I haven't and I'm noticing how I sound in the mic uh anyhow Jax got brought to me by Doris from Miha Management and I met Doris back in I think I don't years blend into me now I guess the Kuko video is probably 2017 The way that Kuko episode came about is I DM'd Kuko on Twitter. And I remember what I DM'd him too, because the first time I heard his music, I thought, oh, this sounds kind of like TV Girl. And I DM'd him and I said, hey, do you like TV Girl? Is that one of your influences? And I was like, you should come do my show. And he DM'd back and was like, oh, yeah, they're cool. Yeah, I would love to come through. I was like, all right, cool. And uh, an article in LA Weekly, I think, had already just been printed about him or something, and it mentioned how Doris, when she met Omar, she's like, look, the industry is going to be coming after you, and, you know, you can let some white man fuck up your career, or, you know, you can let me, uh, a fellow Chicana, watch over you and protect you and your energy, and I was like, I mean, I'm misquoting that surely, but that was the gist of it. I just thought that was great, and I was like, oh, this gal Doris... She sounds like she knows what's up. And so she came to the studio with Kuko that day. It was his 19th birthday. Yeah, he performed that legendary performance. It's at 24 million views now or something like that. And uh, yeah, he was just turning 19. They brought him a giant sombrero for a birthday gift. And, you know, it was just a beautiful, memorable day. Even while I was doing it, not knowing uh, how big that video would end up and how big Kuko would go on to be, I still recognized that as a memorable day. Like it stuck out in my memory. I was like, oh, this was a, this was a fun one. Doris and I have always kept up since. She's brought me um, another act she was working with was Hana. And I love that episode. Like I just think Doris has a great ear. So when Doris hit me up and said, hey, I have this. Um, really special talent that I'm working with. Her name is Jax Hop. Check it out. It was very funny. I opened the link that she sent. It was a Spotify link. And in about, I don't know, 20 seconds of playing it, I was already like, yep, this shit's fire. And my wife, Mia, uh, from across room goes, oh, who's this? And I always say in these intros that Mia is an even better A&R than I am. If she takes interest in something, I'm usually pretty sure that it's good. And so with her to take that same interest in it within the first 20 seconds of hearing it, I was like, yep, this is a a sure thing. So, yeah, I think um, this is a promising lead and her performance really was spectacular. Uh, It strikes me as one of our it strikes me as one of those videos that could end up being important. You know, we'll see. Time will tell. Time will tell. YouTube is obviously a different beast than it was back then, so things don't catch on quite as quickly. But in the long run, things that are meant to do good still do good. For us, it is officially one month left until uh, the baby comes. Today is March 8th as I'm recording this. The baby is due April 8th, so we have one month left, which is wild, man. But we're ready Today we have a doctor's appointment, that's why I'm recording this so early, and then uh, we start going every week now until the baby comes to make sure everything's on track and he doesn't need to come out early or anything. Smooth sailing, he is so active. I wish I could post videos that Mia takes of him moving around in there because it's crazy, but she's always in various states of undress, so I don't, but um, yeah, you can see... I mean, it's crazy. It's like seeing an alien. It's like uh, it's like a little alien trying to claw its way out of her stomach. It's so wild. The miracle of life. Wow. Um, something that I forgot to bring up 
last week is that Kind of Neat started eight years ago. We missed our anniversary. The first episode that I ever put out with Baths came out February 27th, 2013. So on February 27th, two weeks ago, that was our eighth anniversary. I did some math real quick. If we would have kept on that weekly cadence for eight years, we'd already be at 416 episodes. Uh, We're not even at 200 yet, so I haven't actually been active all eight of those years, but the idea began eight years ago, and that's something, you know, even with a two-year hiatus, that's something. It's a long time. It's a long time to be ahead of the curve. The shit is taxing, but it's keeping me young, and I'm sure that having a son coming will make me old, so hopefully this keeps me young. We'll see. Anyhow, I'm not going to keep you guys. Uh, I'm going to get into this episode with Jax Hopps, who's really just starting her journey. You know, it's just the beginning. And like I said, I have a feeling about this one. Um, Bright future ahead of her. And shout out Doris, of course, for putting me up on her. One of the best ears in the game. You're really going to hear a lot about Doris Munoz from Miha Management. In the years to come, she's going to be a force in the industry for many, many years. I've been saying that since I met her when, I don't know, she was in her very early 20s. I still think that trajectory is true. She's going to be a force to reckon with in the industry for many, many years. And um, even though she's so much younger than me, I look up to her and her accomplishments. Keep your eyes peeled for Doris as well as Jax, if you're like an armchair a like me. Okay, without further ado, here is my episode with Jax Hopped. And do not forget to go to youtube.com slash kind of neat and watch her perform 3 a.m. Also, um, if you want any context before we start uh, this episode, go check her out on Spotify. Look up 3 a.m. It's a really wonderful sort of beginning of the line project. Like you can just hear the rawness and it's great. So here's my interview with Jax Hopped. First big trip to LA? Yes. Yeah? How long have you been out here? Um, I've been here for almost a week. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I think it's about to be a week, yeah. How was it? Oh my God, it was so exciting. It's like a dream, honestly. Way different than Dallas. Is this your first time here ever? Yeah. <laughs> what did you do? I did a shoot just today. Um, I started doing sessions, uh, studio sessions with El Mañana. His yeah. name is Danny. And, um, yeah, we just discovered L.A. Yeah, we went on um, a couple of, like, walks around, and and I'm here with my current boyfriend, Raul, so he just showed me around, like, the mountains for Valentine's Day, and I'm here for my birthday, too. When is your birthday? It was Monday, February uh, 15th. Happy birthday. Thank you. Wow. I like how you had to preempt it with current boyfriend, as in, like, <laughs> hey, by the time this comes out, there might be another one. No. No, I'm just fucking with you. I'm fucking with you and Raul, who's I standing right Raul. behind me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, what, yeah, what did you think? Do you think you'll end up, like, moving out here? Or did you get swept up by the fucking Hollywood feeling? Oh, my God, I love it. You I like think it? I'm going to move here. Really? I, I know I'm going to move here. That's what tends to happen. It's like people, you know, you start to get a little industry buzz, and it's like, why not just move where the action is, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so tell me about Dallas. Is that where you are born and raised? Yes. Yeah. So family has been there for generations or what's going on? Yeah, my uh, family, they're all Mexican. Yeah. So they crossed the border to Texas and we've been living there for a very long time. They've been there for almost about like 27 years. Yeah. Yeah, they've been there for a long time and I grew up in Dallas as well. It's very different than L.A., I can say. It's like um, it's like a, a pretty weird city Yeah. with a lot of talent. It's, right. Yeah, it's crazy talent there. Um, were you born in Dallas or did you cross the border as well? No, I I was born in you Dallas. You were born there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Has your family told you that story of crossing the border and and what it was like? Yes. Do you want to tell it? Yeah, it it's it's crazy. They they would tell us how like they would have to literally go in the rain, all wet, you know, trying to cross the border. It was really hard for them too because 
a lot of things were going on. I think it was that time where Ronald Reagan was president, I think. That piece of shit. I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think it was really hard for them to cross as well because they they had transportation, but literally the car would break down every time. Oh, my gosh. It it was bad. And I'm kind of like just, I thank God that they find found themselves in dallas and yeah. and you know in america they're making it really big they have a great job they have a a, a place to live and some food to eat which is pretty nice yeah I'm right grateful. what was it that made them pick dallas i'm not really sure well at first um my my grandpa left acapulco mexico yeah. to go to houston to work uh-huh. and send money back to the family and he was just traveling around texas and he just thought dallas was like a really good place. Like at first they were living in Elking. Yeah. Um, like I think it's around like Austin and they just, you know, my grandpa found Dallas and he was like, Hey, this is a really nice spot. Maybe like my kids can start a future there. Set up shop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I, I've read, and I don't know this for certain, I'm not like a historian obviously, but like pre Reagan, Border crossing was pretty easy. And so migrant workers really could be migrant. It's like yeah. you would come over, work for the summer, go back. Nobody would hassle you. And and there was like this free flowing open border that was beneficial to both countries, Mexico and America. Yeah. And then Reagan comes along and with his fucking ridiculous conservative values and, and free market capitalism decides like, oh, let's make it really hard. And so what happens is rather than keeping migrant workers out, it kept migrant workers in because mm-hmm. you once you were over, you couldn't cross back and forth anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And uh, anyway, I don't know. That's a history lesson for my listeners, that I was, guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did your grandpa ever tell you anything about that? Like, did he used to actually go back and forth from Acapulco to Houston or, or Dallas or wherever? He would tell me that it was hard yeah. for him to go back and forth. Like, the only reason why he only went back yeah. is to get the rest of the family and they can come out that of there. It. And they yeah. hired coyotes and came over? Yeah. Yeah. And so what's growing up in Dallas like for you? It's like, that's that's home to me. Yeah. You know, it's like um, the neighborhood where I grew up is, in o- is literally Oak Cliff. And it's just like, it's a lot of color. It's a lot of uh, diversity there. Yeah. Literally, they're gentrifying it now. But back uh, then, it was the hood. It was yeah. literally, I grew up there. And I would grow up with a lot of people of color. Yeah. And it made me, like, it really inspired me yeah. to, like, continue on my own path. And, you know, like, you know, not just music-wise, but seeing art creative-wise. And then I moved to Mesquite, which was like a very weird suburb suburb place. My my stepdad didn't like living in Oak Cliff. Okay, you know, it was a very rural place, yeah, and yeah. he was like, "Well, I want something better for your mother and you guys, yeah. some better school to go to." And right. I went, and I was just like so depressed. I hated Mesquite. Is Oak Cliff also a suburb of Dallas or is it like a more rural area outside of Dallas? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. It's a very, very, it was, it's a rural hood. Yeah, it's like a hood. farmland or no, it's the hood. Yeah, it's okay. the hood. Okay, cool. You mentioned that as your stepdad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When did your parents split? Um, My father passed away when I was a baby. I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, no, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, what happened if you don't mind me asking? Um... And you can totally say you don't want to answer that, and, no, we, and I can edit it out. No, it's all yeah. fine. Okay, yeah. It's um, it, he just was a very depressed person. Oh, it's it's from suicide. Yeah, he yeah. took his own life. Yeah. I'm so sorry to hear that. No, wow. it's all good. Yeah, yeah. And so you don't have any memories of him. So your stepdad is just that's dad. Yeah. Yeah, that's dad. Yeah. Like I, he came in my life when I was five. How did your stepdad and mom meet? At the club. At the club. <laughs> She was a single mom. Yeah. And she was like having fun with, you know, my aunt and some friends. And that's how they met. And she told me that he ghosted her. And then he was like, damn, I really like her. And, you know, they just started getting together. You know, that's a tale as old as time. It's right? like It's like when a guy really likes a girl, he gets scared and, you know, he runs away a little bit. But then yeah. he goes, wait, I'm fucking up. Let me come back, you know. So yeah. ghosting, it works. Right. You know, lifelong love. I know. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> um, how many siblings do you have? I have four younger brothers. Four younger brothers, all, all from stepdad or? They're, um, one of them is from a, a different dad, okay, which yeah. is my brother. And then the rest, the three rest of them are, are from my stepdad. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so you were like the cool older sister growing up. <laughs> yeah. yeah? I'm an eldest child as well. Really? Yeah, and and a and a bit artsy fartsy as well. So yeah. maybe I can relate to you in that sense. Did you feel like it was your responsibility to make sure your younger brothers were cool? 
No, it no? was my responsibility to make sure that they were on the right path. Like yeah. I'm a second mom. Okay. Like my mom didn't really care. Yeah. If I wanted, I wanted them to be cool. Yeah. I want to be the cool sister, but my my little brother's stage is kind of like, stop, no, <laughs> you know, you know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So babysitting from a young age and stuff like that. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. What What did your folks do for work? My mom would work two or three jobs when I was growing up. She would work at Papa John's in the warehouse and she would also work like throwing newspaper out the window. Wow. And my, my stepdad worked in a Chinese place. Yeah. Uh, a Chinese uh, restaurant place yeah. and uh, UPS and also throwing newspaper at like literally midnight. Yeah. So they're working like they're all day. Like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So you're a latchkey kid. Yeah. 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 But by what age are you taking care of your brothers while they're at work, working late nights and stuff like that? Like 10, 11, 12? It was at, at first, it was um like six when my. Oh my, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. It was like with two of my little brothers when my stepdad would do an errand yeah. and um, I would stay home um, at the apartment that we used to live in Oak Cliff and my mom would work. Yeah. And when my dad would come, my stepdad would come back, he'd be like just taking care of us. But I started actually taking care of them. And I was around nine to ten. Holy smokes! Yeah, that's so young. Yeah. And so, did you have to learn to like cook and stuff like this? Yeah, my mom taught me yeah. how to clean, cook, and change the baby's diapers and stuff. As a nine-year-old. Yeah. That's really fast to grow up. I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you even recognize the amount of responsibility that was at the time, or was it just kind of like, oh, here we are? Yeah, I was. I was just like, I don't want to do this shit again. Like, <laughs> you know, I. Yeah. I was like, dude, I just want to like play my Nintendo DS. You know, yeah. I was like. Like more into like being in my room, you know. Like they won't. They. I'm not saying they did. They did it all the time. Right, right. You know? But it was just kind of like things that when when they needed me. Right. And it was it would it taught me a lot, and I'm kind of grateful for for taking like them showing me how to take care of my brothers and stuff. Yeah. It's something that I can advance like along the way as a grown adult. Totally. Um. When you're that age. Did you already have leanings towards being like a creative child? Did you find yourself drawing or writing or journaling or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah, wh- which? I would write songs in my bedroom at 10. I still have my little notebook. You were yeah. already writing songs at 10? Yeah. Were they any good? <laughs> <laughs> Don't do this to me. Yeah. I think one of them was pretty good. Really? I still think of it. I, well, it's called Star Estrella yeah. in Spanish. Yeah. And I still remember it. You know, I think I was uh, my... Um, English teacher noticed how good I was writing in class in fourth grade, and she gave me like a little, a justice little uh, notebook, and it had a big J and it had like gems on it. She's like, "You need to write, you know, like you. I think you're a great poet." Yeah. And I think that's when I started getting inspired in writing and stuff. That's amazing! What a great fourth grade teacher. Yeah. What was her name? Shout her out. Miss Perez, Veronica Perez. Shout out, Miss Perez. Yeah. Yo, you created a star, <laughs> um, an Estrella. I mean, <laughs> did you find yourself as a child then, like coming up with melodies all the time? And yeah, it, it always came to me. Like yeah. I would watch, like like when I was little, I would watch like Mexican soap operas that were really like cutesy. Yeah. And one of them was Rebeldes RBD. Uh huh. And I would listen to them in my CD player all the time. And I'm like, bro, I really want to be like them. And I think my mom gave me like a little headset with a little mic yeah. that's attached to me. And I just like, you know, lip sync and stuff when yeah. I was little. That's and I, great. I've always wanted to do that. Since you've grown up like in the cell phone era, right? You probably had a cell phone as a young, young child. Uh, no, that, no, let me tell you yeah. when. Okay, please. I think my sophomore year of high school, can't believe that. So like when you're, what, 14, 15, 15 something like that? That's when yeah. you first got a cell phone? Yeah. I was thinking like um, growing up as a Gen Z kid, you must have just been videotaping yourself all the time. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Would you like videotape yourself singing, dancing, et cetera? Oh, singing, yeah. Like yes. I made Vine. When Vine was popping, I yeah. made covers on Vine. Yeah. I was like, maybe I should maybe I should do it. Maybe I'm going to get like discovered. I, was, I just always had that. Did any of them go hard? No. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's a fucking honesty, you know. That yeah, that's great. Uh, but you tried. Yeah. Yeah. And least vine's gone. Nobody will ever catch your old <sighs> videos. I'm so glad. I think I'm not gonna expose myself. I'm not gonna because yeah. there is still a way to find my vines. Oh shit. And I'm like, fuck. You know, I want to delete this shit, but I can't because it's gone. The you internet, know? man, it'd be forever. I know. Yeah, for real. So around that age, do your parents pick up on the fact that you're like a singer songwriter, or were you hiding that from them? They kind of picked it up. Like I've I've always loved theater and and arts, and and I've always told them like, hey, like I want to be a singer and an actress, you yeah. know. 
And they were just like, they saw the talent because they would go to the school plays and they were like, damn, like, that's really cool. Like, I was in high school musical in the fourth grade. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was in many plays when I was in elementary school. And they were like, well, are we really, we really think this girl has talent. But they're like, it's just a phase, you know, yeah. she's going to get over it when she's older. Yeah. Were you like the lead actress in those fourth grade plays? Yeah. Wow. I was like the second lead. Yeah. Um, did you get good grades in school? Very good. So you're like straight A student and the drama nerd girl. Like, <laughs> were you like Little Miss Perfect that was everybody was annoyed by how perfect you were? No, that wasn't me. No, okay. I feel good. like that I was just more of like the chill one. Yeah. Like the one that would just be like, hi. hi. Like the one that everybody liked. Okay. You know? Yeah. So you're like a. A popular girl, probably a chameleon, could go to, like, different groups of people and fit in with whomever? Or no? I wasn't popular. Not popular? No. I was just, like, I guess, likable. Yeah. But I would really get bullied because I was very chunky. Yeah. I was, like, a little round ball walking around. <laughs> Hi, guys. And they would literally beat my ass up in the restrooms. No. Kid you not. Who would beat you up? Why would they beat you up? I was just minding my business. Yeah. I was just washing my hands and I had my Dora Explorer haircut with my headbands and yeah. the flowers and stuff. Like yeah. I was always the flower girl in elementary school and high school. Yeah. I would always wear flowers in my head and like in elementary school, they just saw me and they're like, chunky, gorda. And then like. <laughs> and then you would get your ass beat. That's why I took boxing. You literally. took boxing? Yeah. No shit. That's tight. Um, When did you start that? Eighth grade. Eighth grade. Yeah. Really? So you were getting socked up enough to where you're like, let me throw on, <laughs> let me throw on the gloves, you know what I mean? Learn to defend yeah. myself? Wow. Um, did any of these girls that would beat you up have any repercussions? Would they ever get like detention or suspension or anything? They would run before the teacher would come. Yeah. Literally. Because, you know, the thing about fat kids in elementary school is, like, you might be able to get the first punch, but they got some fucking weight behind oh, those God. punches. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and if they catch your ass... You know, a fat kid will beat you up. Yeah. Yeah. That's Them real. was heavy. Like That's right. Yep. You know, you learn to throw that weight around a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> that's oh, funny. God. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What else were you into? Did you play sports or anything? Um, I did soccer. I sucked at it. Yeah. And a little cheerleading. And I also sucked at it. But so then eighth grade comes around and you start um, taking boxing classes. Now, did you make this like public information to people like, hey, you guys need to stop fucking with me or you'll catch these hands? Yeah. I, w I would always like show it off on like middle school because like I would still get bullied. And I think I was starting to get slimmer, too. And my hair was getting longer. And everybody yeah. was just like, oh, shit. Like this bitch is actually changing. Right. And yeah. then all those girls that used to beat you up are probably jealous at this point. They should. They should be. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know, did you ever, like, come back and beat one of the ones that beat you up, oh, like, I, for revenge? I've gone jumped. You got jumped. In high school. Yeah. Yeah, but that was, like, a no cliff, you know? Yeah. But I whooped ass. I got my revenge, you know? Hell yeah. It's like, um... Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not a very violent person. I'm not a fighter. But when it comes to that, I'm gonna fuck you up. That's like, right. That's <laughs> right. That's right. You, you did go to high school in Oak Cliff. No, I um. I think after literally like in the middle of in the process of me going to middle school, yeah. they switched me to. Yeah. And so what what was it like when you moved? Disappointing for you? It was sad. Yeah. I had to leave every single one of my friends, and I I had to leave like. My favorite teachers, and I've always thought about them because they were the ones that pushed me to do things I would never think doing. You know? Right, right. And what was the difference in neighborhoods like? You you say that Oak Cliff was like the hood, quote unquote, mm -hmm. and so you moved to suburbia. So does it become more like Lily White? And yeah, it's like like the paleteros. You know the paleteros. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, it's gonna pass right now. It's gonna be six. Yeah. And I was like, bro. Don't tell me it's not going to pass through this freaking neighborhood and it never passed. Like in Oak Cliff after school, we would always get paletas like with the, the ice cream. Yeah. And, and in Mesquite, we we didn't have that. And I was like, this is lame, bro. Like we really, I felt like a little, like Springdale on the Simpsons, like a little circle. Yeah. Yeah. Were you able to make friends in Mesquite? No. Not Did you until... stick out as like one of the only Chicana girls or something? I mean, yeah, there were a couple but that were very whitewashed. Yeah. And I would hang around. I would try to fit in with different groups of people. And I would ver be very ashamed of who I was as a person, you know, because I'm Mexican. Yeah. And a lot of people there weren't really as, like, it was a, a diverse people, but it was just everybody wanted to be white. Yeah. So you that. felt, like, embarrassed of your heritage at that point or something? Yeah. How does that affect your mental health at that point? 
I was depressed. Yeah. I really didn't feel like wanting to keep continuing living life. I just wanted to fit in for once and until like I went to high school, I feel like my sophomore or junior year, I swear I found my friends. Like literally the ending of, of my school years. Yeah. Around that time when you start feeling like you didn't want to live, as you just said, you must have been, what, like eighth, ninth grade? Yeah. Is this your first time kind of discovering depression and really like recognizing like, oh, I'm fucking sad? I was when I was like eight. Yeah. Nine. Yeah. I felt lonely. Yeah, same. Yeah. I, I feel like around nine or ten is when I started to like, I didn't know what it was at the time, but right. I started to feel like, yeah, life sucks. Like, yeah. And I look back and I go, oh, that's when I got depressed, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, having said that and knowing your family history, was your family concerned about your depression? Did you talk to anybody about it? Did you end up having to like um, see therapists as a kid, anything like that? Yeah, I would I would seek therapy yeah. when I was like a little girl. I was like six or seven. Oh, wow. Yeah, because it was very difficult for me to communicate with people at the time. And as well, I was getting bullied to the ground like I was getting bullied and I didn't have any friends and I would tell I would always ask my mom like hey where's dad like I want to know what happened to my dad and she Uh, wouldn't tell me yeah and the first time she told me I was 12 oh my gosh and what's that like finding that out it was it was really hard it was so hard because I was like why didn't you tell me sooner but I I understood why because I was I was a baby I I didn't know how to take that in yeah for real and I think that destroyed me once I heard that yeah yeah. Um, how does that change just your general well-being, you know? Like, how does that change your attitude towards the world? How does that change your social life? Did you withdraw from people for a while after finding that out? Yeah, I I would always stay in my room. I would always start writing stuff. And, you know, it was really hard as well, especially being, like, connected with my stepdad because— my stepdad never had time to show affection because he was always working, working. Yeah. and I would I would have issues with showing and my affection and just being able to confront with how I feel and that was something very hard growing up. But I'm kind of like, you know, growing growing up as a grown woman now. Yeah. You know, they're more supportive now and they're more helpful and and they're more. I'm more thankful for them because yeah. I understood. I didn't understand it when I was younger as a kid, but now I understand it as a grown adult. And I'm like, not, I see the reason why. Like he couldn't be there. Yeah. He tried, and he just kept working. They, you know, like literally Mexicans don't believe in therapy. Right. They don't believe in mental health. They right. are just more into like shut up and get up and keep working. Like you go go back to work. Get yeah. You power some money. through it. Yeah. 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 So did you ever end up getting to go um, talk to anybody or seek therapy, even though you were asking? Well, I think the first the first time when I was a little girl, my parents noticed that there was something wrong. Yeah. And then they wanted to put me on meds when I was just a kid. And my parents yeah. were like, no, we don't want that. Right. I grew up and I felt like my mental health was hitting me really hard, you know, growing up, knowing that you have like... Uh, you know, um, bipolar disorder and, and yeah. you know, you're depressed. Yeah. It's like, really hard growing up as a kid. And, you know, I didn't get actual help until I hit 17 or 18. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so you found out you had a bipolar disorder? Yeah. How does that revelation change your outlook again? Is it a relief to find out? Like there's a name for what was going on? Yeah. Yeah. You know, my mom would tell me, you know, stories of my father having yeah. that disorder. Yeah. And I just didn't want to, like, be a monster. Yeah. You know, I was very, like, I would always apologize. I'm like, like if I do something small out of any, the inconvenience, I just want to make sure, like, people are, if they feel comfortable with me. I don't want my disorder to define me as a person. Right. Because, you don't, you know, people that are, like, not mentally stable, yeah. they want to be their best. Right. You know, they want to try their best. Right. And I just want to, like, tell everybody, the audience, or, like, I don't know if I have fans, but, like, just fans or people or young young girls and boys in general, like, don't make your mental health define you. Yeah. You know, like, you're. it's okay not to be mentally stable 100% because nobody in this world is 100% perfect. Right. Like, you, you can still keep going. You, you There's no reason for you to give up on these things. And... I felt like I wanted to give up, you know, because like yeah. growing up, I've always been the the outsider. 
Really? I've always wanted to fit in. I've always been bullied. I've always been made fun of. Yeah. And I'm tired of being humiliated. Yeah. Man, that's terrible. But also great. It's triumphant. But it's terrible that you had to go through that shit. Kids are miserable. Yeah. Kids are little pieces of shit. (laughs) They can't be. (laughs) They can't be. They can't be. For sure. Um, When you're 17 and you find out that you have bipolar disorder what was the triggering factor to make your parents like seek out some help? Like were there behavior issues or something or were you like fully locking yourself in the bedroom all the time? Like what was going on? Um, we would never, me and my, my parents would never get along. Okay. So it it was just, it was just always me in the bedroom and they'd be like, get out of the room. Like you're always there. You sometimes skip your meals. Yeah. Like, uh, I would be fat shamed as a teenager, too. Like, in high school, I like, we had PE. I didn't even want to take my clothes out in front of them and change yeah. into my PE clothes because they're girls, like, whispering. And, like, you know, it was still going, like, yeah. you know? And I think my parents were just, like, kind of, like, damn, like, she's depressed. Yeah. And I think they couldn't. They tried to help me, and they couldn't because they were always working. And they had, they had four other kids to worry about. Yeah. And I was the oldest one, and they they probably thought like she's the oldest, you know, she can right. she can do it. She's already taken care of the younger kids. She can figure out how to take care of herself, right. type thing. Yeah, yeah, that's hard. It uh, is. That's hard to have that pressure on you to like work it out yourself. You're just a kid. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Like I'm I'm just wondering how that next step happens, where it's like we're always fighting. She seems depressed. To like let's take her to a doctor. Was there a breaking point? They just saw that I wasn't healthy. Yeah. Um, when I went to the hospital due to my kidney or a stomach pain, the um, the doctor asked me, are you depressed? Or yeah. do you have any, like, you know, they ask you some sort of questions like that. Or do yeah. you have family history from depression? Yeah. And my mom was like, yeah, her father. And I looked at her and I was like, damn. Yeah. I mean, I was like, that's where she kind of knew that I wasn't fully okay because of what i told the nurse yeah and she was like yeah we, yeah she has to get some help and literally throughout like um the experience of 18 19 that was a really hard yeah. thing for me that's when i started releasing music and doing music on myself yeah and i think you know i was i was on suicide watch for those two years wow and so did the music become cathartic for you was that your outlet that was yeah that was the only way i could like you know, um, escape from reality. Yeah. I would always be in my room, in my phone, making songs. Yeah. What exactly is Suicide Watch? Like, just your parents having to check in on you all the time or something? Or what is, what's that about? There was an incident where I almost, where I died for a couple of minutes. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was 18. Yeah. And I I was going to college. Yeah. I was making music. I was working a full time job. My parents just still didn't make like they still didn't make that as like oh she's not doing enough like she, they would always get on my on my ass for making music and going to school and going to college and yeah. they think I'm just slacking around and it's gone to that and then it was like also you know me searching my sexuality and they just put so much pressure on me that i was like fuck it you know i don't have a reason to be here anymore i have too much like i'm making music and and i'm i'm doing this for me but when am i going to find a time and place for me yeah and um after that incident happened i've been going to rehab yeah yeah and i've written my songs there and stuff yeah wow that's a lot you've been through a lot in the last couple of years yeah, I mean, 2018 was a good year, but it's also the the year that made me, like, realize, like, you can keep going. Yeah. It's a th- my third eye open. Yeah. That's heavy, man. Sorry, I'm just processing it right now. No, yeah. it's okay. It's no, okay. it's good. It's good. Take me back to the high school years before you find out about bipolar disorder and, and while you are, you know, still getting bullied, unfortunately, I have a feeling that you did have things that would brighten your world or things that you were into. Um, I would imagine that music was probably part of it. Were, were you an obsessive music listener at that point in your life? I was a fan. Yeah. yeah. What, who were your people that you were listening to? In high school, I would listen to a lot of um, Kuko, Prince of Nokia, um, 
Uh, who else? I would listen to a lot of indie bands. Yeah. You know, Mac DeMarco, all that stuff when it was trending. Yeah, know? right, right. All of that. Hyoko, Lana Del Rey, Kali Uchis, Tyler the Creator, all of that. Yeah. So all the like cool kid shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's tight. Um, did you have anybody looking back you think you tried to emulate the most? Before you have your own voice, you're just trying to imitate people, right? <laughs> so who was it at that point? You know, I listened to a lot of little people. I was so weird. I wanted to make some music like him. Really? Before this whole Chicano soul thing. Hell yeah. I was a, a big little P fan since I was like 15. Wow. When I found out he passed, I was like, oh, you're fucking lying. Yeah, that was, was so sad. sad. That was a very sad day. Yeah, yeah. Did you used to record music that sounded like that? <laughs> You can't go ahead. Yeah, you did. She's yes, nodding. Yes. Yeah. I did. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that's great. What do you start recording on? Like, what do you start experimenting with recording your own voice on? It's just really funny. I did it on my uh, cracked iPhone. Like, I would press. I would really like, like navigate to BandLab. Yeah. And I would try to like bang on my phone because it wouldn't turn on. It was so cracked. Yeah. It was that bad. Yeah. But I still made it happen. Yeah. Uh, what was the app you were just saying? Band what? Band Lab. Is that's like a beat making program or something? No, like back then I would like grab like you you know every artist did this you know even SZA like SZA made me do this like she would grab nonprofit free beats yeah from YouTube. of course yeah like tight beats <laughs> yeah yeah you were looking for like little peep type beats <laughs> yeah sick yeah what was the what was the lyrical content like was it like super fucking emo at that point it was sad it was sad it was sad and some were just like i'm trying to see the light bro like you know what i'm saying yeah like he was a great inspiration to me Mm -hmm. like he's what led me to actually start music that's amazing it's just so mind-blowing to me man because like really that does feel like just yesterday and, and but that's like you know yeah he was like inspiring people to start we yeah. you know who was just sitting in that chair a few weeks ago uh, it was brendan savage who was like peep's roommate uh and they grew up together and shit what? you know brendan savage no but that's crazy yeah yeah so, there's a lot of there's a lot of los angeles is a small city and when you move here you'll see you'll start meeting everybody that knows everybody that fucking you'll be like whoa oh my god you know that guy holy <laughs> shit you know what i'm saying yeah did you end up going to what high school did you go to in Dallas? Not not like the real famous creative arts high school? No. No, just a regular ass high school? Yeah, I wanted to go to Booker T. Yeah, Booker T. Yeah. That's the one I'm thinking of. I told my mom, I will take a train to go there yeah. if we move back to Oak Cliff. And my mom was like, I think it's too late. You're a sophomore in high school. Yeah. You're supposed to start in freshman. I'm like, yeah. Were there music programs in the school you went to? Like, did you did you seek out learning about music or did you just want to be self-taught? Well, I've... I've self-taught myself i've taken choir since i was a little girl in elementary school yeah and i kind of went from there so i kind of self-taught myself how to play instruments and stuff yeah what all instruments do you play i play electric and acoustic guitar a little yeah and i play keyboard yeah sick the projects that you do have out did you make the beats on those no i had to help on those uh beats from uh producer hennedy um, Keeson, yeah. producer Keeson, just a couple of producers that I met through like online. Okay. Because uh, I didn't want to steal their beats. Yeah, you right. know, That'd be very illegal. <laughs> totally, totally. When you're making these little peep songs in high school, did you show anybody or was it very personal to you? I would post like like on my old Twitter account. Yeah. Because it got suspended, but I would post like. Why did it get suspended? I don't know. <laughs> I think I think the reason why is because I posted a music video. And it's like my favorite like music video, the neighborhood music video. Yeah. And it was copyrighted and I used a copyrighted video so they took it took took my whole account down. Oh wow. Yeah. So you would post them on Twitter. Did you get any feedback from them? Yeah. yeah. A lot of people really like them. Really? And that's what really made me like keep going and Did you start to garner a little following? Mm, I had like a 1500. That's pretty good. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah. Now I have 400. Sometimes you just got to start over. Do you ever show any of your high school peers that you were making music? Yeah, I showed my friends like what what I'm making, and I'm like, "Hey, real quick, does this sound good? Should I post it? Yeah. Does this is it or is this shit? Yeah. And then be like, "Bro, this sounds really good." And I'd be like, "Nah, I would be very like like hard on myself. I'm like, I'm not gonna post this shit, you yeah, know? Yeah. Until like um, I did 3 a.m. Uh, in high school. Wow, you did that song in high school? Yeah. It's a good song. You like it? Yeah, I really like that song. What? I think my favorite is that is the '70s show, though. You like that shit? I really like that one. I really I wrote that on rehab. rehab. You wrote that in rehab? Yeah. 
you know, I think I know what the sample to that song is. And and I, I know you Say didn't make it. the beat. No, I don't know the name. Oh, here, I'm going to show you something. So, okay, I made this beat. And I don't remember what the sample is, but check this out. I think this is the same sample. It, it might not be, but it sounds so similar. Where I'm... <laughs> I think that might be it. Isn't that, the, <laughs> isn't that the same loop? I think, I think so. My, I think mine is more sped up. Yeah. And the one on the 70s show is it's like a so little more slowed down. And there's heavy like 808s in it and shit. Like that one is a better chopped beat. Mine is literally just the loop of, of that sample. <laughs> but when I heard it, I was like, holy shit, I think I know that sample. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, dude. I didn't even know about it. At first it was like the producer was like, this sounds like Devil in a Dress by Kanye West. Oh, yeah. Low key. Yeah. Yeah. I actually really like that particular project just because I'm like, I really love when you can hear the fact that someone's just figuring out how to record and it still sounds good. Because yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? Like you could tell that you had just started when yeah. you were putting that shit out. But like, <laughs> I love that shit because that's when like, it's just so pure. You yeah. know, you can tell that somebody's just doing it because they're like passionate and figuring it out. Is yeah. that what it was when you were making that project? Yeah, I was. I didn't know anything about producing at that time. Yeah, I was just like fucking around and stuff. And I think um, literally once I released that like mini project, at first I released it on SoundCloud, and then I think I, I somebody convinced me to put it on Spotify. Literally last year of the pandemic, yeah. barely. So literally, if it wasn't for that person, I wouldn't have gotten the streams from on Spotify or maybe. Did somebody put 3 a.m. on a playlist or something? Like that one picked up on Spotify, it looks like. Actually, no. Uh, what happened was Thematic, the Thematic team, which yeah. is like a, a famous YouTube, uh, famous YouTuber's uh, yeah. company, Michelle Fan. Okay. She, her team reached out to me and they're like, um, hey, we really like this song. And a lot of beauty vloggers are going to probably promote this song for you on YouTube, on on uh, tutorials on Instagram, you know, the Instagram yeah, reels? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and all that stuff. And I'm like, dope, bro, that is so fucking dope, bro. Like, like honestly, and then I think one famous YouTuber used my song. Oh, sick. And it started picking up numbers. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a great song. It deserves it. And you made that in high school. Yeah. Did you start to garner any fans in your high school? Um, A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I got like, Five people that really liked me and That's my music. Tight. I didn't even know them. You didn't even know them. That's tight. Did you play any shows in Dallas around that time? Uh, I think after I graduated high school, my first show was when literally after graduation, like a month later. Like like a little bar or something? Yeah, or? the Green Elephant. Yeah. Opening for somebody or, or was it like an open mic or what was it? It was a whole lineup. Yeah. And I was in the lineup and I was like, fucking cool. And there's a lot of people. Yeah. And I was like, this is my first time performing in front of like... A actual bar a lot of people because I've, I've been performing since i was a little girl in talent shows oh in talent shows yeah right what would you do in the talent shows just singing yeah sick yeah. would you do covers or what would you do yeah covers of who um in the elementary school i did one of rbd and amy winehouse you know uh in listening to the music i was like oh maybe she grew up on amy winehouse yeah yeah when did you figure out when did you find out about amy winehouse i was eight when she died oh really yeah yeah so 2011 or, or I think around that time, like yeah. when she passed away, I was like, she is a really pretty singer. And then after that, I just started constantly checking her out and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like she's been a really big inspiration to me. Absolutely. You say earlier that you were like really good at school. Did that um, stick all the way throughout high school? Uh, I was very chill. I was a very laid back. I think it was it was started going down like BCs. Bs and Cs, yeah. And I would imagine like once you find out that you um, – are having some mental health issues. It probably gets even harder to keep up with school type shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I was introduced to weed at a very young age. How yeah. young? 12. I think I, I had my first acid trip at 12 too. <laughs> you had your first acid trip at 12? Yeah. Oh my gosh. What's that like? It was horrifying. It I was? I think that's what affected my mental health going to high school. Yeah. Yeah. Man, who did that to you? <laughs> Uh, wow. Yeah. I didn't have my first acid trip till 19. What? And it was great. Yeah. But like as a 12 year old, it would have been horrible. I feel like. Yeah. 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 It was a swag day. It's 2012, 2013 where people would wear the Obey hat. Yeah. I was that kid. Yeah. Wow. The swag <laughs> days. Oh yeah. I was 30 back then. Wow. Yeah. When you get introduced to marijuana as a 12 year old, marijuana what am i the feds <laughs> when you get introduced to weed as a 12 year old like that that's like your thing 
Yeah, I think I uh, when I was fourteen, that's where I felt like it was like my thing. I, th- I felt, I felt like free. Yeah, there were some moments where I would feel like very paranoid, and there were some moments where I would feel like, and I like this feeling. I feel like I'm falling. I'm feeling. I feel like I'm a, a little meteor, meteor falling from the space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the time I had my driver's license, sixteen, seventeen. I mean, it was like. I, I just remember I would go smoke weed and go to chemistry class <laughs> afterwards every day. You know what I mean? Like it would be lunch break and then fifth period chemistry just stoned as shit asking like about chemical Literally. equations and shit. <laughs> My friends would be like, dude, pull your hat lower. Were <laughs> you like a... Like, do, do I smell like you? Yeah. They, do I look high? They'd be like, dude, shut up. You're so high. And I'm like, man, I'm asking good questions, bro. <laughs> Were you like a stoner kid all throughout high school? Yeah, I was very hippie-ish. I would listen to a lot of psychedelic 70s rock. And wow. And we like flowers on my... My hair was long. Yeah. I mean, I'm wearing a red wig right now, but my hair is really tiny and short. Yeah. And I, I saw the Instagram pictures. I know you have like a little pixie cut right yeah. now. Yeah. What kind of um psychedelic rock? Jimi Hendrix. Okay, I yeah. I listen to him. Janis Joplin. Oh, great. She was one of the biggest like inspirations to me. It, it was Amy Winehouse and uh, Janis Joplin. That, Those are your two? Yeah. That's dope. What extracurriculars were you into in high school? I had to do theater. That was it? You were a theater girl? Yeah, I mean, I really wasn't dedicated. I just did it because everybody was like, every single one of my friends were in it. And just, I would stay at like till seven o'clock and we would like... What I like about it is that we would like go to like, different field trips and we would smoke and yeah. we would get food and then go back to school. Yeah, right, right. Sick. Did you ever get any leads or were you always kind of a... <laughs> <laughs> I did, you were the but lead? I would quit the second day. I'm Why? like, I can't do this shit. Why would you quit? Because there were too many lines to memorize. Really? <laughs> there was a whole big pamp. A script, yeah, the script was just too thick. It was so big, yeah. yeah. What play was it? Do you remember? You, the, you see, I didn't even remember because I was off. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I couldn't remember the name of the play, let alone the lines for fuck's sake. Well, I was the queen in one of them and I'm like, I'm not going to be, no, I'm yeah. sorry. But the theater teacher ended up really liking me. I'm like, after many plays that I quit, you really like me? Yeah. Like, I yeah. would have fucking hated myself in high school. That's man. so funny. She probably saw something in you that you didn't see in yourself. You Probably, know? yeah. 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 Um, so did the bullying continue all the way through high school or, or by the time you're like a junior, senior, are you kind of a little more, uh, um, you know, well-liked, I guess? Yeah, I guess on, in high school, I kind of, everybody just minded their business, you mm-hmm. know, like everybody went out their day because like we were just grown teenagers. Nobody really cared. Um, the bullying only ended up happening when I was a freshman and everybody was a senior. Mm-hmm. But I ended up finding out that all those creepy seniors really liked me. So by the time you're a senior, shit's pretty chill. Hell yeah, I would skip school all the time. Wait, what would you guys go do if you were skipping school? We would, uh, me and my friend would always like smoke in her car and then go out to eat. And then after that, we would like go to this river and then we would swim in the river and take our clothes off and be naked and then smoke again. And then put our clothes on before the homeless guy saw us naked in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're just having like your little adventures. Yeah, my, yeah. my little hippie moments. That's tight. Um, did you have college plans? Um, no. You didn't? I didn't want to go to college. What was the plan? Well, at first it, it was me studying to be a journalist and going to NYU. Yeah. That was the plan. But I got the letter and said, you are not accepted. Yeah. Every single college declined me. Everyone? Yeah. How many did you apply to? I applied to Texas A&M, U, uh, UNT, NYU. Uh, I applied to five. So all these colleges are fucking haters. That's what you're telling me? I was just probably not smart enough. You know. <laughs> shit happens, man. No, so so none of your schools accept you, but did, were you like, okay, I'll do like some junior college, or were you like, fuck college, then I'll just go into the workforce? I, I went to community college for three months, yeah. and I've found myself, and I was like, I'm not, this isn't for me. Yeah. Like, there's so many colleges that... They were so unnecessary. I didn't even need to take computer science for journalism. Right. That was just for science. Yeah. I don't know why they put me in there. So while you're going to the community college, are you still like releasing music, putting music out? You're playing shows? Yeah. You play a lot of shows? I did. I played so many. And I feel like that was a a lot for me on my shoulders. I had a show that night and I had homework due that night. Or I had a, to release this song because I wanted people to be entertained. I want them to know that she's putting out content. I would do music videos. I would do many things at the same time going to school and having a full-time job. 
Yeah, yeah. What was the job? I used to work at the meat market in the super supermarket, the Mexican supermarket. Yeah, like a carniceria. A carniceria, yeah. I said that pretty good, right? Yeah. Come on, now you know I live in L.A. What's up? <laughs> Are you working nights at the carniceria? Yeah, I would work two to ten. Holy shit. And then you would still have to go to school and then find time to make music and play shows. That's a lot. It was a lot. How did you like working there? I hated it, but at the same time, when, you know, it was like the last hour, there was no people, uh, me and my coworkers would fuck around. Yeah. We would just, like, joke around and just, like, eat. We would steal the pan dulce and we would eat yeah. it in the back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So how long is it until you quit working and quit going to school and figure out that there's a future in music? It was 2019. Yeah. And I found another job. And I realized college is not for me. Like, I dis I'm a disappointment for my parents. Yeah, that's okay. They'll get used yeah, to it. Yeah. You know, when they start seeing you on TV, the tune starts to change, you know? Yeah, I yeah. hope so. Yeah, it will. Don't worry. <laughs> Are they, like, mad enough at you where you guys aren't speaking right now? We we weren't speaking in uh, the holidays. Yeah. Not was fucking, that sucked. Yeah. It, it did. Who's more stubborn, you or them? That's hard. <laughs> My mom and I are, she's stubborn. Like she'll go on for months, maybe years for not talking to you. Mm -hmm. But I will forget about things and I really, like, I would, like, go on too. But once I realize, like, when, once time passes, I'm just like, you know, they'll get over it. Yeah, right. But I come back, I'm like, hey, guys, they still aren't over it. Mm. So I'm just like, what? Yeah. What do they expect, like, in a very official apology or something? Yeah, yeah, they expect me to be on my knees and be like, I'm so sorry. Like, I am not the perfect daughter. Yeah, yeah. 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 What was the other job that you found after the Carnese idea? Uh, the furniture store. Amazon was really good to me. You worked at Amazon? Yeah. Wow. It, it wasn't, like, back-breaking labor or what? At first it was, but then I was driving forklifts. Oh, wow. You, you learned how to drive a forklift. Yeah. How long did that take? A month and, yeah. then, and then they fired me. Why? <laughs> Why'd you get fired? So <laughs> I'm leaving that in. Oh, that was a good snort. Um, <laughs> damn, fucking Jeff Bezos fired you. Yeah. Yeah. How come? Because I kept missing. Because I kept hanging out with my friend at the time, which was Raul, and then we yeah. started dating. Oh, your current boyfriend, Raul. <laughs> yeah. So you and Raul meet at at Amazon. We met. Ah. Oh, let me tell you. Yeah, please. I was 17 and I met him at the Princess Nokia concert. He was a photographer. Yeah. And I complimented him and I was like, hey, I really like your nails. And then I ran away because I was really shy back then. Yeah. And then a year later, like he didn't know I, I was the same girl that complimented his, his um, nails. And he saw an article about me and he was like, hey, I really would love to shoot with you. Yeah. And our first shoot session, I was wearing my Princess Nokia signed shirt. Yeah. And then he was like. Well, you were at that show. Yeah, yeah, he was like, hey, aren't you the girl that complimented my nails? And I was like, oh, Wait, yeah. what was going on with his nails? He had his nails painted or something? Yeah, he had them yellow. And so then you guys have this meet cute moment where it's like, oh, wait, I know who you are. Oh, I know who you yeah. are. Yeah, wow. That's adorable. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And so at that point, does he become your official photographer as well? Yeah, we were best friends. And yeah. and he, we, we just like hang out all the time and we would shoot together. And when I was about to confess my feelings for him, he was like, I'm leaving to California. He was there for nine months. Oh, wow. What were you doing, Raul? And just working at Prime Pizza on Fairfax. You just moved out here to work at a pizza store? You had to have other dreams. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. All right. So you guys had similar dreams, and they were kind of symbiotic with each other? Yeah. Yeah. So when he comes back... Is Jax Hopped a more like formed vision and and um, you're starting to get more of a plan for your music career? Yeah. He came back and it was like literally in the middle of COVID. It was like March. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't even know he was back until we were FaceTiming with a, another friend of ours. And I was like, wait, you're in Dallas? That's so cool. And then we just started hanging out during the pandemic, but just as homies, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah, and, and, like, I had a huge crush on him, but I, then I moved on, and I guess, like, I invited him over to a family dinner party. Yeah. And he just kissed me there, and he was like, I like you. And I was like, what? This is adorable. That's so cute. How do we get to where we are today? Like, how does coming to L.A. and getting swept off your feet and doing all of these photo shoots and music videos and everything, like, what happens? It was funny because in the middle of the pandemic— I was going to quit. I was going to delete my Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Music, and then all of a sudden... Why? 
Because I just felt like this shit isn't getting me nowhere. Yeah. I, mean, I wasn't depressed or anything. I just realized, like, I was just thinking with my, I, w- I was, like, feet on the ground. Like, where are you going with this? What's your next step? Yeah. You know, yeah. I've always wanted to, like, keep moving and keep, like, like, advancing. But I felt like I didn't have any advance. And I always prayed for something, like, a signal to happen. And Do you think you were being a little impatient? I think I was. Yeah. I was doing it for, like, two years already. You were looking for a sign, but then a sign came? Doris emailed, I mean, Doris messaged me on Instagram. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, wait, this is Kuko's manager. So you already knew who she was. Yeah. Yeah. Had you been following her? Yeah, I was following her and Kuko, and I would always watch, like, interviews, music interviews, because I would literally look up at Kuko so much when I was in high school. Right. And I would see her in most of the interviews and stuff. Right. And I was like, this is crazy. Yeah, so what does she say to you? She's like, hey, your sound is very unique and right. you're a really cool artist. And I don't know how the fuck I found you through Instagram, but uh, you're just really cool. Yeah. And then, like, I think two days later, she said, let me know when you're free to call. Like, yeah. I was, like, jumping up and down and I was telling my friends. And I, t- I think I told Raul, too. I'm like, bro, look who messaged me. Yeah. And then he was like, bro, that's hard, bro. He was like, damn, I was working at that pizza store on Fairfax. I never met Doris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, oh. oh, I was so. So funny. you guys are excited. Yeah. Yeah. How did that first phone call go? It was pretty smooth. She was like introducing herself yeah. and what she did and who she represented and yeah. and you know she was also very open to me about like um, her mental health as well and yeah. and how what she was going through at that time and I was also telling her like, hey girl, like you hit me on the right time because like. I was going to delete everything. Yeah. Like, I'm so glad you found me. So you guys kind of found each other at this moment of kismet where it was like you were both kind of going through the same thing at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys become fast friends then? Are you talking every day? Is she helping you plan stuff? Like, what? Like, like her schedule is obviously, you know, she was busy and I was too. And we kept uh, in contact with each other in the like the summer yeah literally before like the spring the summer and then we just kept talking to each other about our plans and and at first i was like girl i want to release an album she's like don't do that and i'm like okay she explained to me why because i mean i'm not signed to anything you know and she's like you give it give it time we have paid like a a bit she's trying to like yeah tell you to be patient yeah right 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 was that easy for you to comprehend or or did you have to did you fight it a little bit yeah i was like Oh, but I really want to release this, but I guess she's kind of right, yeah. you know, because you don't know what would happen, you know. And so, does she arrange this trip out here and everything? Yeah, it was it was Doris and the doc and the documentary team as well. Like, yeah. she asked me, "Do you want to be a part of this documentary?" And I'm like, "What? Yeah. What you mean, bro?" It's just like, yeah, this documentary. Like, uh, you know, I want you, you know, to succeed, and I'm also. It's about my, you know, experience with like artists and stuff. And yeah. she's going in depth with it, and I was like, gladly taking the opportunity, you know, because even though, like, if there's an opportunity, you gotta go. Yeah, you gotta lead with yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, what about the documentary crew? How, how's that f- being followed around by cameras? At first, it was very weird. Yeah, I spoke to them and I was like, "I'm sorry." Like, I had to cancel on them a couple times because I had something personal going on in my yeah. life. But it was it was really cool, you know. The fact that I got to connect with the documentary team and get along with them is so cool because, like, not a lot of people are like that, yeah. you know, in this yeah. industry especially. Right. What are the plans now for the future? I want people to know who Dax Hopped is. You yeah. know. Yeah. I just want to be like big. I want to make new songs and new visuals. I want my image and persona as like my character yeah. as a artist to continue and strive on and to like and people will look at that character and be like, "Oh shit, I want to be like her." Right. You know? Right. Yeah, this is the beginning of an aspirationally large pop career, right? Yeah. I see this as the ground floor of something that, you know, that because you have the right people believing in you could be something huge. Yeah? Yeah. Do you think you're ready for that? Yeah. You are. I feel like I'm mentally preparing myself and it's it's important to mentally prepare yourself for something like this. Yeah, right. It can be hard. Yeah, absolutely. It's a lot of pressure once it starts really happening, you know? Yeah. 
Well, I wish you the best with everything. Thank you so much. I appreciate you coming in. I appreciate you for having me here. Yeah, of course, man. I- I'm uh, I'm glad that you got to sit in the chair that some of the people that you like have sat in. I think that's pretty cool. It's like a full circle moment for me as well. Before we get out of here, Jax, tell the people where they can find you online. You guys can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Jax, uh, underscore H-A-U-P-T, SoundCloud, and on Apple Music. Perfect. And Spotify. And Spotify. And Spotify. Oh, every streaming platform. Every streaming platform. YouTube as well. Cool. Yeah. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. Of course. <laughs> my name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition. You can follow me online at It's Intuition. You can follow my man, Avery Kentis, behind the boards making the shit sound buttery, uh, at Avery Kentis. Uh, you can follow us as a unit at Kinda Neat on Instagram and YouTube and even TikTok. Uh, YouTube.com slash kind of neat where you're going to see Jax Hopped perform what song? 3am. She's going to do 3am. That's fantastic. I think that's everything. Subscribe to the podcast. If you don't already subscribe, if this is your first time listening, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Other than that, that's Jax. I'm Lee. And this was kind of neat. Kind of neat.